This is On The Radar, episode number 74. This is Radar coming at you with another episode where we talk about local and national sports and pop culture as well. Let's get into it. Uh, Dan Levitar is announcing that for their podcast network, new network they had, because they used to have a Levitar and Friends network with ESPN personalities, that they're going to make a podcast with Hank Azaria's character Jim Brockmeyer, where he interviews famous people. That's going to be interesting. Uh, rest in peace to Sabine Schmidt, the Schmitz, who passed away 51. She was on the show Top Gear, and she was a racing giant. Uh, the world and the racing world is going to miss miss her, the German race car driver, because it's a very young age to pass away. Carolina signed Hassan Reddick to a one-year $8.5 million deal. That just improves their team right there because, you know, they they need to improve their defense and their offensive line because they're not close enough to making the playoffs. So that's a good move by them. Kyle Long, who came out of retirement, is joining the Chiefs for $5 million. That really helps their offensive line because when he was healthy, he was very good. Cardinals lost Patrick Peterson. He went to the Vikings for one year, $10 million. The Raiders, again, traded another like offensive lineman, this time a guard, to Seattle. They're just getting rid of all their offensive linemen. They lost some receivers. I don't know what the Raiders are doing there. And Curtis Samuel has joined Washington in a three-year deal to go with Terry McClellan. That's a good wide receiving crew. Uh, and the Bills re-signed their cornerback, Jordan Lewis, to a three-year $16 million deal. That that's, that that helps them because they need to keep they need to keep their uh, their their defense intact for the fact that they're trying to win this division a second year in a row. That would really help them. So they that that's the thing they uh, they they have to worry about the fact that the Patriots are going to be. Better this year. The Dolphins are going to get better, so they need to get better, and that's why they re-signed him. The Rams picked up Gerald Everett for a one-year $7 million deal. It takes them away from the Rams, so it weakens them and helps them. Matt Prater has joined the Cardinals on a two-year deal as a kicker for them. The Lions get defensive line Michael Brockers in a trade, which is funny because he was making fun of Jared Goff when they got Matthew Stafford, saying it was a clear upgrade. Now he's going to have to be an awkward situation in the locker room. Sabres fired their head coach, Ralph Kruger, because they're one of the worst teams in hockey. The Suns, excuse me, not the Suns, the Rockets, the Rockets traded P.J. Tucker finally and Kukro sent a first-round pick to the Milwaukee Bucks, and they get D.J. Augustine, D.J. Wilson, they get pick swap, another first-round pick, and the Suns get Torrey Craig in this deal as well. So the, the, the Houston, they get themselves this veteran wing player who's not going to be asked to play center because the Bucks have center. He's not going to be asked to play power forward because they got Giannis. He's going to have to be asked to play what he is, which is a wing defender, guard defenders, and shoot threes. He's not having the best year, and I feel like because when Harding got traded, he was unmotivated to care and whatnot, and they lost 20 straight, which is the sixth longest streak in the NBA history until they won recently, that he just wants to get out of there. Now, I feel like when they traded for Drew Holiday and they got rid of their you know, their point guard def of Bledsoe and George Hill, that when they traded to Augustine, they don't really have a backup point guard for Drew Holiday, so I didn't like that aspect of that trade. But again, them getting their first-round picks and swapping picks when they're going to be a top-five seed if with Giannis there, that doesn't really mean that much. The Patriots re-signed Kyle Van Noy. He left them for like one year, signed a huge deal with Miami, and now they brought him back. 
Uh, NBA reported last week had five triple doubles on on the previous Saturday night. Well, last Wednesday night after this podcast, the the podcast recorded, they recorded six triple doubles. That was the most ever. They just increased it. Good news for golf fans. Tiger Wood is back home. It's gonna be a long road to recovery. Philly, uh, excuse me, the 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 Broncos cut Philip Lindsay and he signed with the Texans. I don't get it. The Texans have a bunch of running backs. I I just don't understand like why they would do that. They have they obviously have David Johnson, and when he's healthy, he's he's a pretty good running back. And the fact that they signed Mark Ingram and they signed Philip Lindsay, meaning that they may be looking to trade David Johnson because I don't think you need that many running backs. Uh, Patriots were expecting Patrick Chum to come back. The safety decided to retire with three Super Bowls. And a college, you know, All-American, he decided, yeah, it's not worth it. He's not going to come back. So that's a huge loss for them because they were hoping to get him back as well. They announced that ESPN will have the Super Bowl on in the 26-27 season and the 30-30-31 season. So that's for those who are interested in that. Will Fuller signs a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. They get themselves another talented receiver, but he's got to still sit out some of the suspension. The Bills picked up Mitchell Trubisky to back up Josh Allen because they're both quarterbacks that used their legs. That's interesting. The Giants went and got a bunch of players. They got cornerback Odiri Jackson for three or $39 million deal. They got linebacker Reggie Laglin. They signed Mike Lennon to be the backup quarterback. Good luck with that. And they signed Kyle Rudolph for a two-year deal at tight end so that they have him to pair with Evan Ingram. And the biggest deal is to go with Slayton and the fact that they – you know, already have Sharon Shepard, and they got Saquon Barkley. They added the best position player, you know, skill player on the market, and Kelly Galloway for a four-year, $72 million deal. The Giants are saying, okay, we got a bunch of good receivers. We got multiple tight ends, and Barkley's coming back from injury, and they're probably going to draft some offensive linemen in the draft to make this line better that they're going to say to Daniel Jones, this is the year, and if you can't do it with all this talent around you, then they're going to have to get a new quarterback. Kenyon Drake, leaving the Cardinals like Patrick Peterson, which I don't understand what he's doing, signed at the Raiders, who already have Josh Jacobs, and in the past, like Josh Jacobs, and his, and when he doesn't play, his backups go off in fantasy football land. Now they got two running backs, not enough receivers, and their offensive line got worse. Jared Cook is going to the Chargers. That'll help him out having a veteran tight end with Hunter Henley leaving. Keon Cole is joining the Jets, so they add another uh, fast wide receiver, and they signed Brashad Perriman to a one-year $3 million deal. So they get some good wide receivers the Jets got there. The Bears stupidly cut Kyle Fuller because of cap space that was used to sign Andy Dalton, so fans aren't happy. He decided he's going to reunite with Vic Fangio in Denver, and he's going to go there for a $5 million deal. Not $5 million, I'm sorry. Kyle Fuller did not get a $5 million deal. He got himself a $9.5 million deal. I'm sorry, I mis, mis, misread that information there. And Derek Wolf resigned three years with the Ravens. And the Texans traded for Ryan Finley. So now they have a, they have him and Tyrod Taylor. They got two backup. Dolphins, after trading for Isaiah Wilson, they cut him. They officially announced the draft is going to be in downtown Cleveland this year. So all the, in, all the fans of the Browns are lucky they're going to have that. Juju Smith-Schuster resigned with the Steelers on a one-year deal instead of trying to test the market. So I guess he just wants to have one more ride with Ben Rosselsberger and the Steelers, and if it doesn't work out, he'll go somewhere else. Offensive lineman Cole Turner has joined the Texans. They're trying to fix their offensive line. 
Safety Justin Simmons signed a huge, you know, deal to re-sign with the Broncos as one of the highest paid players for his position, you know, for safeties. So that's a huge deal as he signs this 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 deal because, you know, Denver's trying to see if they have something. And, man, a $61 million year for four years is a lot of money for that guy. They're, the Bengals signed offensive tackle Riley O'Reilly Pfeiffer, that's the that's a good idea for them because they need protection for for Joe Burrows because last year he got hurt with injuries, so signing Riley Reef is a good idea. And if they draft an offensive lineman, they need Joe Burrow to stand upright. Chris Carson returned to the Seahawks on a three-year deal. That's a good thing for him. Anthony Harris on a one-year $5 million deal with the Eagle. And... um. Deshaun Jackson is going to join Matthew Stafford in L.A., so he's got himself a deep threat, but only if the guy's healthy. Former QB Alex McCaw of the Seahawks got arrested for punching a man over the man fighting with his girlfriend. you got to be the bigger man. You're also an athlete, so you're a former athlete. There's going to be more attention to you, so that is not the best idea. And um, the... Uh, Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves became the youngest player to score 40 points in a game. LeBron and Kevin Durant were the other ones. Uh, NBA is going to relax restrictions on players who have been vaccinated as an executive, so that's good for them. Gary Payton, the second, won G League Defensive Player of the Year. 76ers Paul Reed won Rookie and MVP of the G Leagues. Congratulations to both of them. The, there are going to be no spectators from overseas for the Olympics, so if the Olympics and everything goes well this summer... People from other countries are not going to be able to attend, which is not something that people want to hear. LeBron James has a right ankle injury, and he's going to be out for a while. And that's not good for the Lakers. They're already without Anthony Davis. As I mentioned, the Rockets have a 20-straight-game losing streak of the sixth longest NBA. And LaMelo Ball fractured his right wrist, and he's going to be out for the year. So playoffs, rookie of the year, I highly doubt he's going to get either of those with that injury. Chris Paul is the sixth player with 10,000 career assists, so congratulations to him. Aaron Gordon wants to trade from the Magic. I wouldn't, you know, believe anything else. Obviously, he wants to trade because they they, they have Vukovic, who's a great player. They drafted Isaacs they, and, and Mo Bamba, and they had, like, Bismack Biombo, and they've had a bunch, and Moscow. They have so many centers on their team. You know, over the years, they had Serge Ibaka for a bit. You know, they just had, let's say, let's get all these veteran centers. Let's draft all these veteran centers. And they were a season or two where they're like, we're going to throw you out a small forward. And Aaron Gordon is not a center because he's not, like, seven feet tall. He's not a rim protector. But he's, like, 6'9", 6'10", so he's a power forward. But he's not a great three-point shooter. And by having to play small forward, he couldn't guard the wing players. And he could not shoot the three. And they were screwing around with him. So if I were him, you know, get out, go to a different team that actually needs an actual power forward. Or, you know, maybe he could play center on that team if they go small lineup. So that makes sense that he wants to trade out there. Joe Flacco, for those wondering where he went after the Jets let him go, he's gone to the Eagles for a one-year, $3.5 million deal. And um, Kerry uh, Hyder signed a three-year, $16.5 million deal with Seattle. Defensive end, so, you know, the 49ers losing him is, is not great for them. And in the... In the baseball world, we lost outfielder Ed Armbrister, the former Red, who was on two championship teams. He passed away at 72. They said he was diagnosed with several with a diabetes, so that may have been the cause. All the issues there. 
And Major League Baseball also lost former second baseman of the Twins in the 60s and Seattle manager Jim Snyder. He passed away in 88. Rest in peace to him. The NBA lost one of the greatest players of all time in Hall of Famer, both the professional and college basketball, Elgin Baylor of the Minneapolis and Los Angeles Lakers. He worked as an assistant coach with the Jazz and, and then eventually their head coach and worked like in the front office with the Clippers. Then he won Executive of the Year once. The dude had 11 All-Star appearances, 10 NBA first teams, one Rookie of the Year, was a All-Star Game MVP, was part of the 35th anniversary team, the 50th anniversary team, the Lakers Charters number, college outstanding player multiple times, first All-American, second team All-American. He led the NCAA in rebounds one year. His college retired his number. He has 23,000 points, averaged 27 per game. He's 11,000 you know, 11, rebounds, excuse me, which is 13 he averaged in the season, and he had over 3,000 assists. So he was a pretty darn good player, and just because he didn't championship, people are not going to remember him who passed away in 86, Elgin Baylor. He was one of the best NBA players of all time, so it's sad to lose him. And in other retirement news, former WNBA player Jackie Jamelos, you know, the Greek-American player who went to USC and was drafted in the, you know, drafted by the Lynx as a guard. And she played for the Sky and the Suns and the Mystics, but mostly played overseas. She announced his, her, excuse me, her retirement from the WNBA. Excuse me on that one. And then in, in the uh, TV world, we lost... Child star from Andy Griffin and Please Don't Eat the Daisies came Tyler. And we lost George Seagal's, you know, from Shoot Me and the Goldbergs. He passed away yesterday at the age of 87. People know him from so many different things that it's just sad to see this man passed away because people really, really liked him in, in, in Murphy's Law and people also liked him in... Naked Truth, people liked him in The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest because he voiced the character of Dr. Benton Quest. He was on Just Shoot Me, as I mentioned, and he was in Retired at 35, and the Goldbergs are just sad to lose another famous person in, in this world. And, um, and it comes to other pop culture news. Jamie Foxx is going to play Mike Tyson in an upcoming Mike Tyson biopic. That's going to be interesting because we've already seen Usher play Sugar Ray Leonard. And King of Hills announcing they're going to try to do a revival, but it's going to be 15 years into the future. If for those who are really fans of King of the Hill, if you remember, the show ended. Then it came back a little bit later, and they showed some more episodes with a higher quality animation and things like that. So this would be like the third time that it's coming back. They already came back once. This, I mean, the second time it'd be coming back. Now, they announced that they were trying to have Fox pick it up, but Fox didn't pick it up. So it's probably going to come to a streaming platform. You know, maybe Disney Plus because they used to be on Fox. But it's going to be a 15-year time jump, which will obviously mean Bobby and his friends will be adults. And the parents will be a lot older. So that's going to be interesting to, to have that. And um, Disney announced live-action Pinocchio. They're going, to have, they're going to have Ewan McGregor in the movie as a talking cricket. They're going to have David Bradley as Jurepito. They're going to have Rod Perlman as the Magnificent. Till Swinton is going to be the tortoise hare. Chris Foff Wallace is going to be Fox and, and the cat. Kate Blanchett is going to be in it. They got so many different people that are going to be in this movie. And um, it's the next big thing because that's what Disney does is that they have 
live action of the cartoons because that's where you know the money is to do live action and to have animation of there. And Tom Hanks is going to be in this movie as well. Keegan Michael Key is going to be in this movie. That so it's going to have a really talented voice cast like Luke Evans and Cynthia Arrivo and uh, Lorraine Prasho. So it's going to be interesting to see that specific thing come up. And and as I mentioned, there was some baseball news. Orioles signed Mikhail Franco, and I'm guessing they didn't want to have Real Ruiz play third base. So they got somebody who's actually been a major leaguer, but a flawed one at that. Gordon Beckham announced his retirement of the offseason, for those who didn't know. John Dunipler had a shaving injury, which is interesting. All these guys have all these injuries and, uh, you know, that we've had guys who got injured from cactuses and, uh, and guys, you know, sneezing and wrenching their back. So it's injury. It's interesting that somebody again is going to go. We had an injury while shaving. So John, John, you know, Duna player. He, he, he cut his finger while trying to shave. So again, everybody, got to be careful to protect the things you need to make your livelihood. Jimmy Cordero, the White Sox, is announcing he's going to have Tommy John surgery, which will not help the White Sox because he had like the most relief appearances out of the guys last year. And. The Blue Jays who just signed new closer Kirby Yates because their previous closer Ken Giles is hurt and is going to be out for the year already. They announced he's going to have Tommy John surgery, so that doesn't help that team. Chris Kirschke has been announced he's going to be the Mets Board of Op- uh, board of Directors. That's going to be interesting there. They have the former governor be part of the Mets team. And the White Sox officially an option Ronald Lopez to the minor leagues. That's a local story because... He has never lived up to his potential, so why waste a roster spot on him if he's not going to be in the rotation? The Royals signed their franchise catcher Salvador Perez to four extension because he's going to be free agent last year, uh, next year, and they did not want to lose out on him becoming a free agent. So that's interesting. Um, Cubs minor leaguer was found with 21 pounds of meth, so they got to deal with that. The guy's going to be arrested. Who knew? Who helped him? That's going to be a huge scandal and issue there. And in baseball broadcasting news, Ellis Burks, Mo Vaughn, and Kevin Euclid are going to be joining the Red Sox broadcast this year. And three three pretty good players for the Red Sox. The Brewers announced former catcher Vinny Rettino and recently retired reliever Tim Dilliard. And Chris Singleton, who people know from being a White Sox broadcaster and ESPN broadcaster, they're joining the Brewers broadcast. So that's going to be interesting there to see those guys, you know, calling games for them because some teams have very good play-by-play guys and some teams have very bad ones. And in hockey news, the Rangers had no coaches due to the COVID contact tracing, so they had to call up their minor league coaches and they scored like nine goals in a game. It's the first time they've done that in a while in a shutout. So maybe it's the coaching staff or is it just because these players, you know, were able to make up for the fact that they didn't have their coach. And in other TV news, NCAS, you know, show they casted Mark Harmon's wife to be in the show so that's going to be interesting to see his wife Pam Dauber be in the show because you would say a lot of shows they cast the wife to be in the show that is kind of you know a little bit of nepotism but that's it's just interesting they're going to do that now one now there are three things I didn't get to talk about before as we covered all the celebrity deaths all the athlete retirements all the athlete deaths, all the football and baseball and basketball, WNBA and hockey news as well. 
is that I need to say this. Why in the world did we make Daylight Saving Time in March instead of April? I know they did it about 2013, but it's this huge jump in the March when it's still cold out. There is no major holidays. You think of April as spring. It's warm. Yeah, March officially could be when spring starts, but it's not really warm in March, and you don't really want long days when it's cold out. Easter and Passover usually fall in the spring. It does not really help. There are certain states that do not daylight saving time, and we used to be a farming nation, but when we're no longer mostly a farming nation, and in some states like don't do it, what's the point? They don't really do it around the world. It's just pretty silly that that's what we're doing. And in the Jewish world, when things start down at sundown, having the Sabbath start at like, you know, six something, and then all of a sudden it's like... Instead of it being like 6.30, it's like 7.45. It's like it jumps one hour in like 10, 15 minutes. It's just not helpful for the things to be jumped like that. We'd like it to easily progress where in the winter it starts at like 4. And then by the time you get to like the summer, it's starting at 8 o'clock. And then go, and as I said, go back slowly by 10 minutes. That would be better than it being a jump. I thought maybe with Donald Trump being president, he would come some sort of executive order to get rid of it. But I'm guessing that is not something he ever got to. I would just say eliminate it because we just don't need it. Now, there were two new NBC shows that came out this past month, in the past month or so. Keenan and Young Rock. Young Rock is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's, you know, I guess a passion project where he shows when he was a little kid, when he was a high schooler, where he didn't look like a high schooler, and then a college football player at Miami University. I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be like, young yeah you know young like the uh, young sheldon where it's currently showing him as a young kid growing up and going through life projection or everybody hates chris words about chris rock when he's a kid but this show is basically each episode is specifically telling a story that's particular to what's going on so it's glimpses of him as a kid as a high schooler or as a college student it's not you know one thing a whole episode it's not you know the first couple of years that the show was on, it'd be as a kid. If it got renewed, it'd go to high school. And then it would show him when he's an older, when he's in college. No, in every episode is Dwayne The Rock Johnson trying to run for president and be a likable force. And like Randall Park, for example, retires from acting as a journalist, whatever. And he's interviewing him. And based on the questions and how he's answering, he gives stories that then do it. And I'm saying this like, unless you're a super like wrestling uh, fan of, you know, Randy Macho Man, Savage, and Ric Flair, and Andre the Giant, and all these other wrestlers, including his father, you're not really going to go, oh my god, it's so cool, these old school wrestlers are on here, or that he went to school with some really great uh, football players at, at Florida. It hasn't made me laugh. I'm not sure if I should laugh or if it's supposed to be serious. So I don't know if it's supposed to be a comedy or drama. And usually comedies are half hour and dramas are an hour. So that's kind of like my takeaway with Young Rock is I, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. So I'm not going to go, oh my God, that's so cool. It jumps all the time just based on like an agenda of his, which, you know, if you're going to have Jim Parsons voice, the, you know, the voiceover narration and Young Sheldon and Chris Rock does the same thing. But you're telling a story and you're learning all the life lessons that the guy, he learned when he was a kid. And it's a natural progression. Or with This Is Us in particular, for example, of show where it shows when they're very young, when they show when they're in high school, when they show when they're, you know, college age, or when they show them now. We're eventually like aged up in the future with the natural progression. This thing is just like jumping all over the place. 
not the hard, not the easiest to follow. And you know, outside of the actors playing like him and you know maybe his parents, I'm not like, oh my god, there's such an amazing acting in this show. So that show, no offense to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who is in so many movies, you know, where they're basically like similar roles, is not that great, and I think it should be canceled. But I feel like they're going to at some point at the end of the TV schedule of this, you know, 2021, that it's probably not going to be renewed. And the other sitcom was Keenan. And I'm going to say this, Keenan, there is no laugh track. So you can laugh when you want. And I laughed maybe a few times in the first couple episodes and a few more times than that. And I just think the writing is actually pretty clever. Chris Redd is playing a dumb idiot brother who's his manager. You know, Don Johnson is playing his father-in-law, which guessing that means his mother, his wife was mixed race because Don Johnson is really white. And, you know, you know, Keenan's kids are, you know, twins and they're both, you know, darker like black. So it's just like, OK. And so the premise is Keenan's a widower who met his wife when they were on the same show. But she was his mother in the show because he was called grown, grown, you know, grown kid. He was like a kid, but he's grown and whatever. And there aren't that many years apart because she was really young when she played the mother, like in her 20s. So they made that sh- that thing where he's a former actor, becomes like a talk show host in the morning and Fortune Femster and some airhead blonde lady work with him on the show. And I'm just like, okay, I get some of the humor. I get some of the clever writing. And, you know, it's funny to see that, you know, Chris Red and and uh, Don Johnson play pretty dumb buffoons. And the twin daughters are actually pretty smart for their age. It's pretty funny. And uh, Kimberly Lewis plays like her the, the producer of the show and knows Keenan for a while and stuff, and I liked her in Single Parents, that she's in the show, so, like, I know her and stuff, but so far, like, there's just been, it's, it's been very serious, I don't know if you want to make light of humor of, you know, your wife dying and things like that, so I haven't found the humor all the time, but I have been able to laugh a few times through the episodes, what I'm hoping is, once we get over the past that we know he's a widower, and that he's, you know, I'm trying to get over and get past it and move on, they then jump into more like silly kookiness like thing, you know, and you and more laughable situations because it hasn't been the most funniest in every episode. But I feel like the writing's been pretty well done with the cast has been pretty good. And this is like a Lauren Michaels NBC like they really want this to succeed because it didn't have like a pilot that for them to look at. It was more like, oh, OK, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to show you, we're just going to come out with the show, bam. Now, the interesting, they've changed the name so many times, the characters' names so many times. There were certain characters they wanted to be in here, certain actors, like Andy Garcia was supposed to be in the show, but they decided to cast, you know, Don Johnson instead. Eventually, when they got to the point where it's like, we need somebody to play his brother in the show, let's make it Chris Red. So, most shows get a, uh, you know, a pilot, and they go over it, and they go, okay. Let's see if we want to do this. I feel like NBC is like, we've been wanting years to do the show. We love Lauren Marcos. We love Keenan Thompson. We love Don Johnson. And we do like Chris Red that we're going to make this show. And I'm hoping that it gets more funny towards the end of the year. Or I like, I would, even as a huge fan of Keenan, I'm going to be like, it probably should not get renewed if I can't find the humor in a sitcom because that's the whole entire point. Because I'm getting, I'm watching this not just by myself. I'm watching with my father and he hasn't laughed that much or find the humor in certain things. So that's where you you kind of question how funny the show could be. Because I clearly, when watching Young Rock, 
don't find anything to be funny. I don't know what they're trying to get here. At least with Keenan, I've had some moments of humor with the dumb things that Chris Red said or the things that Chris Red and Don Johnson get into when trying to help Keenan. And Keenan's like, I, the more people help me, the more you make it worse. And Fortune Femster says some really funny things as like the sports anchor of the show. So that that's the interesting part. But I feel like NBC, after Good Place ended, Will and Grace Revival ended and they canceled and dead it last year. That okay, on Thursday nights, there's gonna be an opening for them to show Keenan's new show and something new. And that something new was Mr. Mayor, which was very good, or Young Rock, which just happened. So I was like, okay, two potential new shows plus Keenan's so three would be on the air. But I was on the impression that Superstore was going to get like it always does, twenty two episodes. And then I thought Brooklyn Nine Nine, because there's room for a show it would be the two of them booking ending, one at 7 and one at 8 p.m. Central, and then the Keenan show or new show after those, and that would be how they would do it. And the problem is Superstore came back, and when they came back, they did a few episodes just to get you to whack, you know, whet your appetite and go, okay, it's going to come back. But then there was Keenan's show did not, you know, happen. You know, Young Rock didn't happen, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine hadn't happened, but they eventually did come out with Mr. Mayor, but Mr. Mayor, you know, did not get, like, a 18-22 thing, and I don't know if that's because Ted Danson and Holly Hunter are are too busy, or because of the COVID, and they didn't get a chance to film everything, that they didn't even get 10 episodes. They got 9 episodes, they didn't get 10, they didn't get 12, that I was like, okay, fine, but the weird thing is they decided, we're going to bring... Chris Maloney back for an SVU spinoff show, like a Law and Order show, and put that on Thursday night back-to-back and only have two half-hour sitcoms. So I was wondering, where are they going to put Keenan? Where are they going to put Young Rock? So they decided to, instead of showing, like, The Voice, you know, where they show two hours on Monday and then you get one show. Then they showed one hour to complete it on Tuesday that they've been showing only dramas there. That's where This Is Us is. That's where New Amsterdam is. They decided that we're going to do half-hour sitcoms on Tuesday night. So I should be thankful that they're showing original programming on Tuesday, but on Thursday, there's two Law & Order shows that, I'm, that don't have the interest to me to go watch. And that's where Young Rock and Keenan has been. But that's the thing. Like, if that's where they're going to be, and let's just say they both run their course, what's going to happen? Because Superstore is the thing that I'm still upset about, that in the middle of the season, when they were, you know, they showed four episodes before they went on break. Then they decided to, in the middle, at the beginning of 2021, announce mid-season that they're going to cancel it. And instead of a show that has gotten 21 episodes the previous year, they were supposed to get 22, but of course the pandemic, 22, 22, 22. And of course, season one being its first season, they got 11. But in general, 22 or 21 has been the main amount of episodes, but then they get 15. So you had BC, I don't know what they're doing there. They... They moved some sitcoms to Tuesday night. They're ending two of the most successful popular shows again on a Thursday. They're adding another Law & Order, which nobody asked for. They put Zoe on Tuesday nights because New Amsterdam wasn't ready, but now it's going to go back to Sunday night. Manifest hasn't been on yet, but they decided to show a new show, Debris, which I'm going to get to next week and talk to you about. And for those who are uh, know that the baseball season is starting next weekend, not this upcoming weekend, but the following week, the following weekend, my baseball written preview will eventually be up before will be up before this weekend starts, and my which you'll be able to see on Red Blog or Radar Four Four Two Eight or on the Radar Entertainment Blog on Facebook for the link, and then my podcast where you can get it Apple, Google, or Spotify on the Radar. My podcast for my baseball preview will be up. You can follow me on Twitter Radar Four Four Two Eight 
or on YouTube, which when the season starts, I'm going to start doing the weekly baseball observations and recaps of, you know, the games, like uh, things that are issues. That's going to be on the radar on YouTube. So for all the people who passed away, rest in peace. For all the, the athletes who retired, happy trails. Thanks for listening to episode number 74 for On the Radar as we talk about local and national sports. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.